welcome to the Travel Agent Interview. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and I am privileged today to have Keith and Martha Powell on the line. Welcome, guys. Hi, Megan. Hi, Megan. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me. Today, we are going to talk about a gadget that is of relevance to the specialty that Keith and Martha focus on in their travel. So Keith, would you like to tell us about this gadget that you like to take to parties and just keep with you at all times? Yes, it's an aerator. And basically what it does is it opens up the wine. Wine needs air at the time of consuming. And it's very important, particularly any bottle that is special. And I like to say that's every bottle that I like to drink. So, <laughs> But any time that you have a bottle, you want to put one of these little aerators. And I carry them with me. They're about $20, $25. You can get them at uh, any of the uh, wine shops or online. Total Wine has them as well. And it opens up the wine. When you pour it, you put it on the top once you've taken the cork out. And it wedges in and basically opens up the wine it puts about seven times the amount of air in. there's even some that'll do more than that but the basic one does about seven times and what that does is it brings out the bouquet of the wine the aroma of the wine and improves the taste dramatically this wine is wine is a beverage that really needs to have air when you're consuming it and that's a great way to do it and the other one that is just a real quick one too Mm -hmm. is when you travel and i travel with these is have special containers that you can put wine in and put them into your checked luggage now i've got to tell you that i can bring back about eight bottles of wine in my checked luggage now admittedly martha is missing a few pairs of shoes when we get home (laughs) but the question of shoes or wine i'll take the wine that i got on my travel but these containers basically If a bottle should open, and I've never had one open, and I am not kidding when I say I can bring better than a half a case back, uh, eight bottles in check luggage, it basically protects the wine, and if it should open, it actually containerizes the leak. Uh, the one concern you have is the weight of the luggage, so that's why you can't bring back more than that unless you're, you know, paying for it. And sometimes I do as well. And you can get a, a weigher and just weigh to make sure that you're with under the 50 pounds uh, of weight. So there's two things: an aerator, great to have in. They're small. You can keep one in the glove compartment of your car, and then when you go into a party and bring a wine or uh, something like that, you have one with you. And then a special container for uh, shipping wine home when you travel. Sure, and that's also useful for people who might be going on a cruise ship and want to bring some wine with them and don't want it to get on their clothing potentially right as their cruise starts. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, more and more cruise lines are being very restrictive in the amount that you can bring, period, mm-hmm. and most of them are limiting it to one bottle per passenger Ooh. and per voyage. But we can talk about that when we get into some of the travel areas that we specialize in. Perfect. All right, we're going to get into our interview questions, and the first one's going to be for Martha, and she'll turn it over to you, Keith, in a second. But Martha, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you or you as a couple got into the travel industry? Well, Megan, it seems like a forever ago um, that I was introduced to the travel industry by going to a class about how to be a tour guide. I thought, well, that's what I want to be when I grow up. So I went to his class, and lo and behold, there was this dynamic teacher. I was expecting some old frumpy guy, but it was this dynamic young teacher, 
and it turned out to be Keith Powell. <laughs> and um, and so <laughs> he never dated me as a student, but I went to a few of his classes because I wanted to learn how to be in travel. And um, finally, in the meantime, I uh, secured a job with a travel agency, and I asked Keith, I went up to him after class one time and said, would you mind giving me a letter of of um, reference because I've got a job with an agency and he says are you really that interested in being a, a travel agent and I said yes and he said well my agency has a an opening so why don't you come down and have an interview well long story short I didn't end up taking his offer because he was corporate and I wanted leisure and um, while I didn't take the job I did take a date and here we are <laughs> uh, we'll be celebrating next week uh, we'll be celebrating 32 years married congratulations that's a good run thank you yeah so i we've been in the industry um keith's been in the industry he had already been in the industry on 10 years prior to when i met him so i like to say that we've been in the industry we have i think keith booked um the first few animals on the ark because it just (laughs) seems like a hundred years ago but uh, we love this industry and we've seen it change and progress and just a lot of uh, exciting things uh, transpire over the years but we love this industry and and what we have found is that we have uh, now uh, gotten very niche oriented which I'm sure we'll talk about. Wonderful. Would Keith like to talk about his start in the travel industry? So this year is my 43rd year in the industry. Now, I did start very young, and I'm not kidding. I started uh, really doing some stuff in my late teens, and uh, it was basically when I was at a conference where I was speaking in Honolulu, Hawaii. I remember the time exactly, and I've been a professional speaker for just about ever, and I was in my teens when I started speaking actually professionally. And I was speaking at a luncheon over in Honolulu, Hawaii for 1,100 people, and I was out on Lanai, and I remember looking at the beautiful Pacific Ocean and thinking, I could do this. And that was the bringing the people from the conference and the way that I was being treated was, was really wonderful in terms of the travel accommodations, but everything about that. And so I decided that when I got back, I was going to start working out how to get into the industry, and I did put together my first group and my very first group that I took was 150 people for a week. That's great. And yes, and I spent uh, about a year and a half developing that. I am big on lead time. That's critical in in what I do in developing uh, programs and groups. So I got into the industry that way and have been in corporates and leisure and cruise only and uh, also doing some incentive work for types of programs where people are winning travel as a reward for top sales or top production. And so I've been in all of those different areas of uh, travel and then landed in with uh, Martha and I over the years uh, as a speaker in the tourism industry, and I speak all over the world. But when we got into doing so much of that, we kind of wanted to get away from the day-to-day kind of travel where you're just dealing with a lot of everything that comes in, you know, the door and different types of programs that you market. So we became very specialized and we do what we consider uh, niche travel. And that's, that's where we are today. Well, let's talk about that niche travel. And I know Martha's going to start us off with that. And this is something that I would actually like to participate in, but um, we're going to have to wait till a couple of years and a couple of children are more self-sufficient. But Martha, tell us about your specialty. 
Let's just say, Megan, wine is the answer. What wine was the is the again? answer. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, we, yes, we have, um, over the years, developed this niche of the winemaker's cruise. And we are in year nine. And um, next year, 2018, will be 10 years that we've done this cruise. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we take a boutique winery as a winemaker, and we'll take others. Uh, along with us, maybe wine growers, um, uh, people that are involved in wine. And, and most of them are enthusiasts, but we always have a winemaker or two and their wine on board. Mm-hmm. And um, we've always sailed on Holland America, which we've been very happy with. And they're, uh, they've accommodated us really, really uh, well. So we are excited that we're hitting year 10, but um, it's a nice, group of enthusiasts and we have special events planned and you know we always do it with a cause in mind also so we've always done it as a fundraising event too so we always give a portion of our proceeds to uh, a nonprofit, and most of the time it's been um, a cancer nonprofit organization because we're very close to that that's wonderful and it's dear to our hearts and we figured if we're going to you know you know I, I think as you get older and as you get wiser you just know what you want to do and you, you you have a mission behind it and your why and this is you know why can't we take wine and do have fun with it enjoy it and also make a donation at the end i think that's just it's just a perfect uh combination so there's a win-win-win yeah i and, love it that's wonderful um, let's talk about some of your success stories for your wine cruises. Does Keith have anything that he would like to add in here for either a success story, a funny story, or a situation that might have gone slightly awry, but that you were able to triumph in? Well, uh, you know, we love when we go out on these uh, wine cruises, and that's our focus. We like to say it's uh, sip, swirl, and sail. So on this one particular time, and this was, I think, year seven, we, part of the process of getting the wine on board, and by the way, it's, a, it's quite a process, and mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the uniquenesses of our business, but uh, it has to go through a lot of hands, ships from the winery to a storage facility, and that storage facility to a, usually a provisioning facility, and then it's provisioned on the ship with all of the thousands and thousands of pounds of meat and shrimp and eggs and everything else Mm -hmm. that goes on plus other things that are needed for the cruise well in this one particular time after we got on and there's all kinds of tracking we do we went to locate the wine and they couldn't find it and their first thought was in fact that the wine did not make it on board now i knew that that just couldn't be the case because we had tracked that all the way along So the big issue was, is it was someplace on the ship. Well, it's kind of interesting because while a ship is very large by just about any, you know, stretch of the imagination, it is also very small in terms of storage area. Sure. So they broke up the storage of the wine and they had it in all kinds of different places. But the most um, allotment of it and the reason they couldn't find it was because somehow it had gotten tagged as computer parts and computer equipment. And it went into that area where computer parts and and in the hull of the ship. And it literally took us uh, a day and a half to 
find this one. <laughs> it's not. And it could have really been a, an interesting story in another way, but it all worked out fine. And we found some of it right away within about three or four hours. But I, I mean, I was in basically every nook and cranny of that ship. They took me in everywhere looking because I was the one could identify what it looked like sure. in terms of the shipping. And then once we found it. So um, that was one of those uh, one of those interesting stories that certainly, uh, you know, went uh, went a good way. And uh, we all toasted an extra toast just because of that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that they served it in the dining room by accident. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's next. Uh, serving it in the dining room by accident. That's funny. No, no, they uh, they kind of keep good tabs on that too but anyway that was my that was my unusual story on that and uh, it all worked out well that's wonderful i'm glad it worked out and that would have been oh that would have been so disheartening if it really had been lost but um oh gosh yes mm -hmm. well let's talk about your future cruises i don't want to end this show without talking about the cruise this year that's coming up to alaska will you tell us about that event and i'm sure that it's sold out by now but I'm sure that you also have one in mind for next year. Absolutely. And I work, uh, we work very hard, Martha and I, on lead time. And so this year is Alaska, last week of July. And it's just, uh, you know, based on availability, you might be able to squeeze one or two in, but that's about it this mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. uh, we try to allow so that there's um, always enough time and you are really involved with the winemaker and the wine growers and you have a chance to really dine with them. So we, we really work hard in terms of keeping it so that it is at a number where everybody can really do that. Um, next year, what's going to happen is we're going to Montreal Ooh. out of Boston. Yes. So we're going to go Boston and then up the coast, all the stops along the way, uh, Bar Harbor, Maine, and, and then on into uh, Nova Scotia and Sydney, and then up the St. Lawrence, stopping in uh, Quebec, other stops along the way and then into uh, Montreal and it's a seven-day cruise on Holland America we love Holland America line because not only do they work well with us on the wine end of it and they do a wonderful job because they're a premium cruise line mm -hmm. they also use Lidl glasses so it's the right glasses and glasses make a difference it's it's the taste of it the way the wine comes across from the glass onto your uh, lips and palate and that is critical and that also has to do with bringing air across into your palate uh, it's kind of a there's a lot of science to that and uh, it truly does make a difference i've done the test so that's one of the exciting ones we have and then we also have a um a real shorty we're doing in november uh down to visit some of the wineries in ensenada and we've done that that's kind of a weekender cruise and is that that's, one uh, out that's of a fun la one is that where that, that one one's out of long beach actually oh, long beach and yep. so it's yeah and it's just a quick getaway but the whole purpose of it is to travel down and visit the wineries in ensenada and we've done that so it's a super experience they make some wonderful wines there but they can't uh export them very easily so and that particular one is on carnival they're the only one that uh, does that particular itinerary so the the whole concept behind the winemakers cruise is to have you know glass to glass time as we like to say with the winemakers an opportunity to experience wines that you wouldn't ordinarily experience and the key to that is these are boutique artisan wines mm -hmm. and i do speak in the wine industry and i do a lot with the wine 
growers themselves around the country, so I'm very familiar with the product and the actual boutique wineries. Boutique wineries are basically where a winemaker is passionate about the wine, and they might be making 100 to 150 cases of wine. That doesn't keep you and I in wine for a year. (laughs) I say that because that's a blip in the wine industry. And so you wouldn't know about these wineries unless you had taken a road trip and visited them. So this gives you an opportunity as a wine lover and a person who wants to know more about wine, and you'll learn about tasting mechanisms and, you know, opportunities to enhance your knowledge of how to enjoy wine. It's not meant to be stuffy. It's just meant to say, gee, when you have a a bottle of wine, you want it to be a great bottle of wine. People often ask me, do you have good wine? No, I have great wine, (laughs) but it doesn't have to be stratosphere. It's because I have an aerator in my pocket all the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) An aerator in my pocket and a uh, a corkscrew. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) All right, Keith, can you tell me just briefly what a day might look like on the wine cruise? um, And if there's nap time, could you include that too? Oh, yes. So we do this and we've done it for so many years now. And even when we first, you know, put it together, we first of all, make sure that obviously there's lots of opportunity to sample wine, but we have formal tastings and that's just where you're taking through, like we'll do the best of whites or the best of reds on different days. None of the tasting times that we do interfere with port times. So if you're in a port, we're not doing any tasting while you're in a port. We will do it uh, sometimes right before you exit, before the ship docks, or we'll do it right after you come back from a short excursion and sometimes later. But the earliest it would be would be pre or, or post a uh, shore excursion because everybody wants to visit the ports and the exciting places that they are. We also do wine tastings periodically that are from the cruise lines, and we've done like the premium wines on board the cruise ships, so their best wines, with their wine steward taking us through the various options that mm-hmm. they have. And that helps people enhance because they may want to experience some of those wines along with ours when they're on uh, you know, a dinner table or in a lounge. On our side, then we have beyond the formal tastings and we have uh, like a reception and all that. We even have a pre-event that's at the hotel the night before our events where we also have wine. So it's, it's really wine from the moment you arrive to the moment you step off. And then our creme de la creme is the luncheon in the Pinnacle Grill. Now, the Pinnacle is the top restaurant on board Holland America ships, and it's a signature restaurant. There is a small upcharge to even go in there as a passenger. We actually have it. We do it as a private dining experience, and we'll have seven to eight wines with lunch from pre to meal to dessert. And then when we're finished eating and we're not finished drinking, but we have a lot of wine left, and that is usually the last day of the cruise that we do this kind of gala luncheon, then we go to a lounge and we consume all the leftover wine because we can't take the wine (laughs) off. So whatever's on the ship is we have to consume it that's been opened or whatever. So it is a a wild time. And we usually have a fun time of people sharing experiences that they've had in in port and with the wines and all the rest of that. Of course, with wine, some of those stories uh, do get a little like a (laughs) fishtail. Those are the best ones. Yeah. Well, Keith, so that's, that's the wine experience. It, the wine experience sounds wonderful, I have to be honest. I'm, it's going to be on my bucket list to come on one of your cruises. 
Uh, we do also do wine tours too, and they're, uh, it's called Ticket to Wine Travel. And so those are things that are land-oriented but with wine. And so we did one to uh, Tuscany, Rome, and Umbria uh, a year ago, and that sold out in a matter of just a few weeks, a year out. And wow. we stayed in... Uh, in a palace in one place that uh, was like now a pension, and then we dined in the home of a winemaker with a chef. Uh, another part of the trip, they actually made pasta with the chef and then served it that night to mm. dinner. And, uh, of course, wine and wine and wine. So my, my parting toast would be this. There are big ships and there are small ships, but the best ships are friendships. And that's what we'd like to invite people listening to this is to become friends of the winemakers cruise and the ticket to wine travel land programs. Wonderful. I think that you will. Keith, would you allow Martha to speak one last time on a best or most memorable meal? I will. So now everybody's invited, you know, uh, we want everyone to join us if they can, but I'm going to tell you about a great, um, one of, I think one of my favorite um, meals on board uh, the cruise, I, I mean, with all these years, I've had many, many wonderful meals. Mm-hmm. But last year, we were on the brand new Konings Dam, which is the brand new Holland America ship. She was, yes. She's not even a year old, and she is so beautiful. So it was actually happened to be last year when we did the winemaker's cruise. It was my birthday. So Keith said, let's do something special. So we went to the Culinary uh, Arts Center which is like a test kitchen, which now they're, they're, uh, they are partnering with the test kitchen. And they transformed this dining uh, venue at night on the uh, Konings Dam, and it's just fabulous. It's a farm-to-table concept, which you know, is the emphasis on vegetarian and organic dishes, mm-hmm. et cetera. But it, it, they grow their own uh, in incubators, their herbs, which are just, it's, it's fascinating to see that. So we had this wonderful meal, and the meal is a bit of a show, beginning with the, you know, the head chef who talks you through the concept of each dish. It's like an open kitchen, mm-hmm. and they have screens, and um, everybody's invited to come up and watch him prepare, and it's just beautiful. But the meal was superb, and um, it's a great value also because there's unlimited wine <laughs> included, <laughs> and. Uh, and, you know, I have to say, what, what, wine? And I, so it was just fabulous. And I would suggest anyone to uh, go to it. And I think it only holds something like 45 people in that whole restaurant. So it's mm-hmm. quite intimate. And so that chef, he, you can go up to him and, and you can see the sous chefs and see what they're doing. And then they, he comes out and he'll, you know, stand and talk to you. It's just, a, it's, and it's not stuffy and it's not, it's just, it's almost like everything that you see on TV that these guys do, but you actually bring it right to your table or, or with those TV screens, you feel like you're just right in the action, which you really are. So that was fabulous. And of course, they have other wonderful uh, uh, dining, alternative dining restaurants on this ship, but this is the first for uh, the Konings, you know, uh, for Holland America, which is Konings Dam. But Konings Dam also offers other um, alternative restaurants which are new to the Holland America line, but we're, they're going to be converting some of the uh, other ships and the newer ships will have these already on board. 
And, I, you know, I'm going to just quickly turn it to Keith. He just has one more thing. But thank you again, Megan, and thank you to anyone listening. And please, you're welcome to call me anytime. And if you just want to know about a good wine, give us a call. <laughs> That's a good offer. So I always like to say, you know, a perfect pairing is a cruise and a fabulous wine and travel with uh, friends and new friends. And we have people that look forward to this now that it's become an annual event and they uh, they do it almost like Thanksgiving. They they want to go on the winemaker's cruise each year to see the people that they met last time on the winemaker's cruise. So that's become kind of a real uh, camaraderie and friendship of people. And like they say, you know, breaking bread and in this case, clicking wine glasses is a great way to do it. So I encourage anybody that's wanting to know more about wine and enjoys travel and certainly the wonderful Holland America Signature of Excellence cruise line experience uh, to contact us. Thank you so much, Keith. Thank you so much, Martha. That's going to conclude our show for today. And this is your host, Megan Chapa, saying good night. <laughs> <laughs>